Hello, everybody. Looks like we are back. So welcome back, everyone. I do want to apologize for some of the challenges that we had with the live stream a little bit earlier today. But the good news is, is that Jenny is with me and she's going to do a recap of the first 15 minutes that we actually didn't see. So I hope you've all enjoyed the session so far that you did get to see. I know there was a ton of information that Jenny gave to us in the latter half that we were able to see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really just about finding good supply chain talent and how are we doing that? How are we engaging with the student community, et cetera, et cetera? So welcome, Jenny. Why don't you let everybody know in the audience, because they missed your introduction, who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Jenny Patsloff. Uh, I work at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, unlike a lot of folks that work with students, I primarily work with uh, professionals, and we are part of a professional development program called the University of Wisconsin eBusiness Consortium. Nice. A um, little bit about my background. I'm from Wisconsin, from a small town called New Berlin. I am a University of Wisconsin graduate. Nice. I have my BBA in marketing, international business minor. Uh, and then I did spend 17 years as a supply chain professional at Target Corporation. Oh, so cool. worked in inventory management, nice. supplier compliance, imports, logistics. After 17 years, I did a career pivot and went to work for a, a logistics data software company okay. and spent three years there doing everything from recruiting, very applicable today, yeah. talking about team culture and bringing those business values into the workplace. Amazing. And after three years, I joined the University of Wisconsin back at my alma mater into this consortium. Wow, what an exciting journey. And that, like I always talk about in my Women in Supply Chain series, it's never straight, right? You always go, you always sort of zigzag and pivot. And I think it also depends on where you're at at that particular time in your career, right? And things change in personal life and you want some flexibility sometimes, or maybe you want to move. And supply chain is a really exciting way to be to give you those types of opportunities. All right, so let's get into the, the recap of the first 15 minutes of your presentation that the digital audience didn't get to see. So walk us through how you started and um, what, we, what, we, what we need to learn. Perfect. So a big piece, like I said, is it really is a journey of lifelong learning. And so a lot of what I started to talk about was really what we do at the consortium. Uh, and so our UWEBC is a collaborative learning community of leading companies, thought leaders, business best practices, and emerging technologies. And it's really about leaders learning from each other. So we have 85 member companies, everything from Wisconsin companies you might recognize, like Harley-Davidson, Land's End, Kohler nice. Company, and then other companies that have presence in Wisconsin. So Zendesk, Foot Locker, a number of companies like that. Cross industry, which means people get to collaborate together, which so before you change that slide, you guys aren't able to see this, but I'm looking at this slide and there are, a, there are a ton of companies in your member community. I mean, you just mentioned a few of them, but you've got like four four columns. Yeah, it probably has taken me the full year and a half that I've been there to really get to know these member companies. Mm -hmm. But I get to visit them too, which is a lot of Amazing. fun. So I've been to Sargento Cheese and watch how they make cheese. Nice. I've been to Green Hack Fans in Schofield, Wisconsin, and watch them make big HVAC systems that we all need that ventilation for. Wow. Uh, so it's great to get to know a lot of companies I wasn't 
familiar with just as a consumer. And there's so many great companies and opportunities out there. Well, and there's a lot that we can learn just from um, what you're doing in the particular position that you're in, because it has to do with supply chain, but it's not your traditional role that you would think that you would get within supply chain. And so it just really goes to show again, that there are a variety of different options of what we can be doing in supply chain. Right. Yeah. So this has been a fun pivot in my career to take mm-hmm. some of that uh, hands-on experience I've had, apply it with our members and really encourage those members to collaborate together. So one thing we do with our members is they're uh, able to reach out to me and have small group conversations. So if they have a really hard task and they don't really want to publicly talk about a challenge they're having. Maybe they want to meet with another member from another industry and they're able to learn together. Right. So maybe one thing to talk about, Sarah, um, I'll jump in one more thing about the consortium mention. Um, so we do have our annual conference here in two weeks, and I was able to get a special code for anyone that wants to either come to Madison for our annual conference or that wants to um, attend virtually. So if you go to our website, uwebc.wis.edu, special code insights 22, and that will get you $200 off that conference. Yay. Laura will be speaking at the conference. Mada from Coupa, who you've heard. Uh, John Church, who is just as chief supply chain officer at General Mills. And Ben Cook, who's the chief supply chain officer at Spreetail. And that's really all about continuous learning. Mm-hmm. So one thing I did talk about um, in our talk is there's really a lot of people are familiar with the 70-20-10 learning model. Mm. So 10% of your learning is education classroom learning, what you traditionally think about. 20% is then that exposure and how are you exposed to new things? So this is a great place that a lot of people are exposed to new things. Our conference in two weeks is a great place to be exposed to new things and really what we do in the consortium. And then that last 70% is experience and you're on the job um, learning. So in some cases, take that traditional classroom learning, find their of exposure and apply it within your experience. And in some cases, your experience tells you there's a place I need to either unlearn or there's a place where I need to get more information in order to bring it back. And that is how I first connected with Laura as I wanted more exposure to some different business practices. That's really interesting because my background, I went straight from high school into the family business Mm -hmm. and got hands-on experience while I did all of my courses online. So I was able to get diplomas and actually try different courses, right? Mm-hmm. I did I did customs, I did the freight forwarding course and all of that. So when you talk about the experience, my journey is a little bit different than most because you'll go to post-secondary mm-hmm. and then go and find a job. But I was able to, to do both at the same time. Yeah. And for me, it really, really worked. Yeah. And it is a cycle to your point. So some people start with the experience and then they realize they want more exposure. Some people start with the experience and realize they want some classroom training and bring back to their experience. Right. Some people, like we talked about with careers, your education may not be what you're doing. So then you want to go back and get more of that formal education and what you're actually doing now in your career. Yeah. How many people have that happened to, especially in supply chain? Because most people, I mean, they do go to school for it now, but my generation kind of fell into it and then got stuck in and never really left. (laughs) Yeah, I was the same way. Like I said, I was a marketing major as well. Uh, University of Wisconsin didn't have a program then. They do now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I definitely have to give a shout out to uh, Jake Dean, who manages our Granger Center for Supply Chain Management, works with our undergrad students, graduate students, and faculty on curriculum. Amazing. And so now we've got a BBA in supply chain, an MS in supply chain, and an MBA concentration. So yeah, programs have come a long way (laughs) since our days. (laughs) Definitely have. (laughs) 
I'm trying to think what else I can share. So a few other things, and let me know if, if we got to a part that you were able to hear. I don't want to bore you or your, our audience here. Um, we talked about the role of industry and what's important. And one thing that I talked about in terms of skill building is thinking about your make versus buy skills. Okay. So which skills are important for you to buy that someone has to have coming in? So maybe that's really good communication skills and a natural curiosity. Okay. Some things that might be harder for you to train or, mm-hmm. or make, as we say. So think about what can you make and train on the job and what do you need to buy in those skills and be articulate both with who you're trying to hire and with universities as you're talking about curriculum. What buy skills do you need that you want them to come equipped with? I like that analogy before you go on, because at the end of the day, there are there are certain things that you can teach and that includes supply chain. Yes. Right. There's some soft skills in there, depending on what position that they're in, the creativity, the strategic thinking, all of that kind of thing that you really you need that in that position. You need to make sure that that person has those type of skills versus and then you can teach them about transportation or the specific unit in supply chain that they would they would need to know. Exactly. Yeah, we actually recently did one of our um, consortium peer group topics was on upskilling your supply chain. Okay. And we talked about how do you identify those gaps? And then mm-hmm. once you identify those gaps, what types of programs are different companies putting into place? Mm-hmm. So we had a great example from Exact Sciences about uh, critical thinking and how they really uh, have their entire supply chain understand what the expectations are mm-hmm. and how they take them through that based on where they are in their personal journey and where they are in their career progression. So it's great to get those examples. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the upskilling part of it because we talked about this yesterday. And I'm pretty sure it was with Rick yesterday, how important upskilling is. Because at the moment right now, there's a lot of reshuffling, right? You've got machine learning coming in, artificial intelligence, you've got robotics. We did, we had a question within the trivia yesterday that talked about how many jobs will be lost or reshuffled because of artificial intelligence. And I think we really need to take a look at somebody holistically, right? What do they like to do? What do they not like mm-hmm. to do? What are they good at? What are they not so good at? And instead of trying to fit fit them in the box of a job descri- description, really fit and tailor that job, particularly to that person. And that way we're more productive. And we talked about it earlier with Christine as well as flexible working. I want to, and, and I know you've got some other things to no, go through, but When you're talking to the students, how are they thinking about their career and what they want that to look like? Not particularly in the fact of the job itself, but just in the environment and not even just culturally, like, because I think they have a very different mindset of when you and I go Mm -hmm. into the workforce, right? Yeah. Can you give us sort of an idea or a a glimpse into that window of how they're talking about it? Yeah, probably from a couple different lenses. Um, One, and uh, it relates back to something I was just mentioning, is um, it's really important, I think, for companies to have employee ambassador programs because it's one thing to hear the corporate speak, but it's another thing to hear from employees. Mm. And same with if you have recent graduates being able to come back to campus and share what that experience is really like, because it is hard to get into it until you're there. Yeah. Um, I'll give a personal experience too. My daughter just turned 16 and we took her on our first campus tour. Okay. It's even out there. She, <laughs> she came back and said, there's a lot of majors. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred majors at the University of Wisconsin. Right. And so that's part of, I think, what certainly 
at University of Wisconsin and other ones try to build into the curriculum is there's some classroom learning about concepts, mm -hmm. but that exposure piece, that 20% is really critical too. Mm -hmm. So having guest speakers come in to talk about their experiences, then you can really put some tangible pieces around what's needed. What does that look like? What is a day in the life? And I think the more companies can connect that to students, the better they can understand it. Um, we see a lot of students do capstone projects and student projects with companies as well, okay. which serves both. It serves the student in saying, now I'm in this environment, I'm understanding what the culture is like, what skills I have and what skills I need. And it's great for the companies too, because they're seeing this talent before they've even graduated. And quite a few then are getting offers coming out of those programs. So wow. it benefits the companies to get the students and understanding really what's out there and, and what they need to build in their skill set. Right. I like that. I like that you brought up ambassador. So uh, I speak a lot to Frances Edmonds. She's the head of sustainability for uh, HP Canada. And she talks about how when somebody is hired into HP, they have to do a session with her. So that they can better understand sustainability goals, what they're doing, what she's doing in sustainability and all of that kind of stuff. I know that that's one sort of pillar of the company and what they do, but I thought it was fascinating in the, in the fact that you brought it up as ambassadors mm -hmm. is that I think it's a great way to onboard somebody and have them go through and speak to the different pillars as to what the company is all about and really experience it within that team, right? And you think know? about, I mean, there's there can be such that buyer's remorse piece when you first do it. And, you know, you and I have changed jobs as well, where you sit down that first day and you go, did I make the right decision? So think about <laughs> if that's your first job out of college too. The commender for having that program that says, let me get you excited about what we do. And especially with this generation, let me get you excited about sustainability. Let me get you excited about the purpose and growth mission-driven company. Yeah. Those are really, really important to these students coming out now. Yeah, and I think I, I, my daughter just started training to be a firefighter literally this week, right? Wow. she's She's gone into the program and my message to her was, you know, try everything and keep trying mm -hmm. because you might not get it in the first mm -hmm. go. And we, because we want to encourage, we don't want to discourage. And I think it's just moments like that when you're saying, you know, things aren't going to be easy mm -hmm. learning new things, but as long as you keep at it and you keep going and, and not let frustration get in, I think, you know, we can have better experiences for everybody overall, and then better supply chain professionals for our industry. Yeah, I love that Laura had that slide up that really talked about being okay to fail. Yeah. And I do wonder, and I'll take that back to some of our teams, but how, how are we training that both in universities mm -hmm. for students, but also in our companies? So I think that is an important piece that we talk about critical thinking in some of those parts, but I don't know if really, I don't know that there's a class about it's okay to fail. It might have to be a new, new edition. <laughs> We definitely need one of those. <laughs> Do you want to finish that slide? We'll get into some other questions. Um, just a reminder to the digital audience here. Uh, Jenny is only with me for another, I don't know, 14, maybe 12 minutes. So if you do have any questions for Jenny, make sure to put it in the chat function because we want to get to those as much as possible. Yeah, one I'll share is um, there's a concept in Wisconsin called the Wisconsin Idea. And really what that is saying is that education should live beyond the boundaries of the classroom. Mm -hmm. So there's even a website dedicated to a thousand examples of that Wisconsin Idea in action. Wow. What's happening on campus and how is that reaching out? Mm -hmm. And that works both ways. So how is campus reaching out to the broader community and how is the broader community? 
back and bring those mm-hmm. programs back. I'll talk more about that. Yeah. So one thing that certainly when I think about companies and what individuals can do is if you want to get more involved with your university, your alma mater um, companies or universities that you're recruiting with, join a board. So can you be part of an alumni board? And if you're an executive or if you're a recent grad, sometimes what we found is even recent graduates know what courses they took, know what their gaps were once they got to the company, and then they can even better articulate that and what's been needed in the future. Um, speak in a class. I've been fortunate to speak in both our master's in supply chain program and our master's in engineering management or international strategy. Great. So give back by speaking and provide that exposure to students. Mm-hmm. And then you can also sponsor, whether it's a project, like I mentioned, a case competition, different types of events that are out there. And that's another way to interact with students, find out what they're looking for, articulate your company mm-hmm. and what you're looking for. And then that becomes more of a fit than that, you know, more transactional job yeah. description handshake interview process. What about LinkedIn? So I want to talk about LinkedIn because LinkedIn for the next generation, I've spoken to a lot of them. The UX design is not necessarily the friendliest. I don't particularly like it very much. But for me, I think it's a really important tool and resource for them to really get started in networking right? You can react, you can share, you can share your comments, you can really interact with people within the comments. How important it is, is it for industry professionals, industry leaders to get involved on a platform like LinkedIn to really showcase how cool Biden is and what the opportunities are? And how are you pushing that from a student level to get them involved. So, because I feel like sometimes with LinkedIn, we're kind of like this, right? And I feel like we could be a little bit more like this, but I think we need to partner a little bit more into the importance of everybody using it. Yeah, I, I think that's great insight. And actually, um, funny story, I actually had a, a university professor ask me the same question. Should I be on LinkedIn? I mean, like, I like my jobs. Why would I be on LinkedIn? And maybe a personal story, I think where I found I love LinkedIn. And I love that part of my job, I get to be on LinkedIn. I should be on LinkedIn. Right. I'm bringing these ideas forward. It's a place for you to articulate your own voice. And yeah. so I think as a student coming out and looking for that role, it's a great place to articulate what you're looking for, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And you can do that by what you're posting, by what you're sharing. And then no one else is telling that story for you. You get a chance to tell your own story. Yeah. Um, I think supply chain, you bring up a great point too, because it can also be a great platform, both to say, here is something, and I've done this as well. Uh, there was a great um, documentary recently, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that talked about the entire supply chain. Mm-hmm. And I posted that out and yeah, I said, like if you're hour. not familiar with supply chain, Mm-hmm. Take this hour over mm-hmm. lunch at the end of your business day and understand what's going on, mm-hmm. why it's so complex, and why there's so much disruption. Mm-hmm. And I think by broadcasting that out, one, it's a reminder that it's not just me and my supply chain. This is happening at a very right. global, very macro mm-hmm. scale. Um, but it also is a place that then you're not having to tell that story multiple times and mm-hmm. you're actually able to save yourself a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I'll say too, for our um, supply chain peer groups, I've had a lot of people from customer service and even marketing coming to our supply chain peer groups because they don't want to burden their supply chain professionals with these questions because right. they know they're busy and doing their best. But it's a place for them to come and learn and understand and empathize with what's going on in supply chain. Yeah, so a couple of points. One on the soft skills that you talked about, 
Right. And I think LinkedIn is a really great place for them to be able to showcase their strategic thinking, their creativity around something that's already on maybe LinkedIn that they're sharing or even in a post itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that, but I also think that getting involved with the students, I mean, at the end of the day, they're looking at supply chain very differently. Yesterday, I spoke about somebody I spoke to a couple of years ago, looking at warehousing like interior design. And I think there is so much innovation at the student level, mm-hmm. that getting involved in those conversations and drawing out those, that innovation is really just how we're going to move the industry forward into 2030, like we've been talking about for the last couple of days. And it's a great place to explore company cultures. So you can follow companies and then yeah. you're seeing what they're posting, seeing what's important to them. Are they going to volunteer events? And if that's an important thing for you, you're seeing that that's being lived in, in what they do. So mm-hmm. I think you're a great follow, Sarah. I've been following oh, you for you. a few years. And <laughs> so if you want to know how to do it well, definitely follow Sarah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I don't, are we connected on LinkedIn? We definitely I, need I to think make we it. are. Yeah. But now we're connected in real life as well. That's so, so true. So how can supply chain professionals be continuous learners? Because you talked about that being obviously part of the 72010 rule. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how they can be continuous learners. We talked about how they can get involved with the students. But then a lot of people, I have a lot of people that come to me that want to upskill and they're like, what should I be upskilling to? One of the things we talked about yesterday was that you should really be talking to your teams, Mm -hmm. talking to your leaders, talking Mm -hmm. to your teams and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. Don't really know where to start, but can you give me some guidance as to where we're going and maybe what gaps um, you see for me? Um, But then, you know, outside of that, leaning on academia, how do they continue to be those continuous learners? I think that's a great point because it is a very individualized journey. Mm-hmm. So depending on your path, you might decide I'm limited until I get an MBA. I'm limited until I have a master's in engineering. Right. And by doing one of those formal programs, that is what will really get you to your goals. Mm-hmm. So I think the first piece really is understanding your goals. What mm-hmm. are your long-term goals? And then what are those gaps? Asking people around you that know you is a great set of that. Um, and know that there's other options as well. So it doesn't yeah. mean you have to get a formal program. It's a great option. Um, but a lot of universities, Wisconsin certainly included, offer mm-hmm. short courses, non-credit programs, and like I mentioned, membership with our consortium. So we certainly have member companies that uh, as part of their um, PDP, so that um, professional development plan that individuals have, it says go to two UWEDC courses a year come back and share those learnings with our team. Mm. So they actually put some of our programs into their professional development. And into action. Right. Right. So they're saying, not only do we want to support you in upskilling, and we'll we'll give you all the, the uh, resources to be able to do that, but then we want to learn from what you're learning. Right. And that's something that I actually spoke to somebody about the other day was that they want to be able to send their teams to a variety of different experiences for them to continuously learn, mm-hmm. whether that's in an educational environment or whether that's in an environment like this, where there's discussions being had or peers that they can ask questions of mm-hmm. so that they can actually come back to their team knowledge. Because at the end of the day, leaders only have so much time. right? And they really want to get their teams involved and they see the value in that as well. And so not only is that value to the next generation coming into supply chain, but also supply chain professionals that are currently here that want to learn more. And I think having that support 
right? Getting that support from not only the top of the organization, but their leaders and things like that really goes a long way. And I think that's how we're going to innovate, move forward, be successful. Yeah. And it's a way to fill your own cup too. So yeah. I know so many supply chain leaders that are burnt out. In fact, we did a session uh, within our consortium that was called From Burnt Out to Fired Up. Wow. We partnered with a, a leadership institute in Green Bay called Initiative One. And that's what they came in and talked about is how do you fill your own cup and your own purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, I also talked on stage about uh, Marcus Buckingham's book, love and work. And it's important to think about those loves in your life and what gives you that passion. Mm-hmm. And then these professional development programs can be a great way to fuel that. Yeah. So by fueling that and fueling yourself, you've got that energy to go back and, and, and give more and give what you need to in yeah. your organization. Well, and we're circling back on mental health. So I it's been a common theme throughout some of the discussions that we've had mm-hmm. with the speakers, et cetera. And actually mm-hmm. I have my LinkedIn newsletter coming out next Monday about mental health moments that you have in the workplace and how to overcome grace and, you know, obviously for leaders to provide safe spaces for those conversations, but you're right. It's been a hard couple of years for supply chain professionals. And it gets me really excited that we're talking about mental health. Yeah. Now. I've been talking about it for a long time. And I think it's really important for us as human beings and people within the supply chain. Yeah. In fact, in our conference in uh, two weeks, our UWEBC annual conference, the keynote speaker is Catherine Price, and she speaks about the power of fun. What a great way to start out the conference to say, one, it's okay to have fun. And two, here are the benefits as a research scientific journalist of the power of fun. Then we're going to do an executive panel with executives at Sargento, Masterlock, and Schneider National. And they're going to talk about a growth mindset. So really focus, like you said, less on some of those hard skills and really let's put ourselves back in that framework to grow back in that framework to learn back in that framework to have fun my live stream actually on tuesday i i uh, featured an article on growth mindset versus emergency mindset and it was it was actually so i love that anyways we only have a couple of minutes left what is a takeaway or action item that maybe the audience can put into place from this discussion and take action on right away, or maybe it's something that they should be thinking about doing. Yeah, I would say you should have a partnership with your university. (laughs) So there's ways that you can do that and give Mm -hmm. back. So give back with your time, give back with what are some of those skills that you think are important for those next generation leaders to have and give back to each other by finding some of these ways and give back to yourself by by taking a course or learning or experiencing Mm -hmm. with others so that you can uh, have those benefits and and really feel like that lifelong learner that we all hope to be. Awesome. Well, Jenny, that was a really fun discussion. I'm super glad that you were able to join us on the digital stage. Next, we are going back to the in-person stage, but virtually with Hannah Kane to hear all about tackling the supply chain talent crunch and some final discussions about which dreams you should take flight. We will see you back here at noon Eastern with Laura for final wrap and we're going to find out who is at the top of the leaderboard and winning the last of our prizes today so we will see you back here at 12 p.m